Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Welcome back to the fifth and last NRL podcast. This is a special State of Origin edition, so we won't be doing our news. We'll be doing our news on Thursday when we do a special post-Origin podcast. But for today, we'll have Mr. Gossip, our review of the games from the shortened round 12, and we're joined now by Mark, the Wild Panther Guy, to preview the State of Origin game, plus our Degenerate Gambler section. But for now, let's cross over to the Wild Panther and talk about the Origin coming up. Time for 10 in the bin with the Wild Panther, Mark Gaia. Welcome back now, Mark Guy. It's finally origin time, big man. Yeah, mate. Lewis Brock, it's, um, I think it's a time of year where, it's not every year, it's, it's like Christmas for us big kids. You know, it's it's a time of year where, you know, it starts to, be, it starts to get cooler. Um, the footies, you know, hit, hit a pretty good peak at the moment after, you know, 10 rounds, 11 rounds. Origin teams are picked, and, and finally tonight we see them, uh, see if New South Wales can make a dent, you know, in this dynasty. Um, I say it every year, and well, I've said it every year for the last four or five years, especially after they put a hat trick on us. Um, the Queenslanders, that is, that this is our year. But uh, sadly, last year, but beat by two points, two games, beat by one point, another game. Um, Queensland just seemed to know what to do in the big moments. Yeah. So, do you uh, do you buy into the hype, mate? Do you think we can uh, finally end the rain? I mean, last year, you know, for the listeners, you, you look back and you say, game one, Greg Inglis got that dodgy try. Uh, yeah. Game two, we, we beat them fairly comprehensively, um, even though the scoreline probably didn't reflect that, but it looked like we are never going to lose it. And then the last game, you had the Hodges try, which was the obstruction. So it could have quite easily gone to New South Wales last year's series. Oh, man, I think that's, what, that's where Ricky Stewart's frustration comes out. You know, he knows he was so close. Yeah. Um, where most people were so far away. Like, when you really delve into the... Uh, the, the nitty gritty of, of origin in the last you know seven years since their dynasty started, they've they've had one constant. They've always had a, 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 a an immortal half or five eight. Um, if it's not lucky, they've had Thurston, and now they've got one of luckier guys, and they put another future immortal in in, in Cronk. It's it's scary. Um, you know the four packs, they all basically cancel each other. They have been for the last seven years. It hasn't been one in the forwards. It's been it's been won by an act of brilliance by one of these freak players that we're seeing once in a generation in a 
in a maroon jersey. How do you combat that? Well, a bit of praying helps, um, and a, a bit of something out of left field. You know, you try stuff that you probably haven't tried before, and, and that's you know, you've seen it so many times um, when when teams play the storm, they kick the ball into touch, and you know, I'm Billy Slater running the ball back at you, but then you've got Inglis just prowling in the centres, and Hodges who always goes up for Origin, and Tate and Boyd who are safe as banks, and they, they, they have got an unbelievable back line, and I think I think really Laurie Darley would have said that to his back line and said, boys, you know, our forwards will hold their own. If you can get over this back line that everyone, everyone judges is the best that's ever played Origin, well, then you'll be the best. So that's, that's a good character being in front of these Origin boys. Yeah, well, the other thing about it, I suppose, is what do you think about the lineup? We've obviously all, always got our own opinions, and I think for the last couple of years, a lot of us have felt that they've only picked probably, you know, nine or ten players every year that should really be playing in Origin. But I think uh, for most people, this is probably the closest we've got to to picking the team on form. You know, probably only one or two players I'd question, but I think for once we finally got it right. Well, I agree. I agree, Louis. I think the only one that's not picked on form this year is probably Gallon. And and going by you. You know, judging where he's gone by, you've got to pick him because he's, you know, it's for what he's done. Mm. Um, he's probably the most out of form player, which is a good thing for us because we know that he can perform on a big stage. And I'm really happy they picked Ferguson. I'm really happy they picked Fafita. And I'm really happy they picked Maloney. Um, I think, I think in, in particular, Fafita could be the game changer. You know, yep. he's, he's one of them kids who, um, you know, he's, he's second in, in endurance at the Sharks, only coming second at Bay Ryan in a you know, in a fortnightly 1.6 time trial, um, over 40 metres, he's like third or fourth fastest in the club. Um, and he's got an unbelievable uh, step and offload that, you know, he, he always seems to have a quick play the ball, which is custom made for, for Origin. He's, he reminds me of a, um, a, just a bit more nimble version of, of, of Glenn Lazarus, and that's the ultimate compliment you can play to someone. Mm, most definitely, the old brick with eyes, he was a weapon. Uh, yeah. What about the old train-off for the utility spot? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it went to the right bloke. I think uh, James Maloney is the right man for the job. I, I, I feel for John Sutton, but right, just to show how far he's come as a footballer was the way he reacted uh, in the first game after his, after his snubbing. Mm. You know, he kept, could have come out last week um, with his tail between his legs and said, you know what, oh, I'm pissed off. This is, you know, I should have been there, but he didn't. He said, oh, I was close. Um, okay, let's get back to club footy and, and let, let me do my thing at club level. And he, he comes straight back and didn't to beat. So uh, you can be sure of one thing that if there's an injury in this this series um, to one of the you know one of the backs or lock forward or utility, he'll be the first man picked, and, and so he should be because he's he's had a, a year out of the box. Yeah, well, that's one thing I was going to say. For once, it's nice to be a New South Welshman and not sit there and go, oh God, you know. We don't have any halves to pick from, or we don't have any backs in form. Like last year, Jennings gets picked out of New South Wales Cup. Uh, we picked Pierce and Carney just because they're a combo. But this year, you know, we could have had Adam Reynolds and John Sutton and completely switch out Pierce uh, and uh, Maloney. You could have had Carney. He's come back and played well. So it's nice to finally have a bit of uh, a headache for New South Wales. Mate, it is. And it's also, it's a great point you make. And, and it's also good to have a. And outside backs who are doing the same, you know, but knocking on the door like uh, Merritt, who's, um, you know, obviously considered unlucky to miss out on a, on a berth. But you know, you, you are. So you got McManus. Um, we've, got, we've got some wingers who are, who are sensational finishers. Um, also, you know, you mentioned Jennings. That's um, so I think that's something a lot of people forget. That this time last year he was playing for Windsor, um, and you can imagine that his confidence was at an all-time low. 
but Ricky still picked him with the hope that he would generate something in Origin. He, and he, he did. He, had, he showed glimpses, but this year he's a completely different player. This year, this year's version of Michael Jennings is probably uh, a nine out of ten. Where last year was a seven. Um, so that's that, that could uh, that could get, you know go well for our our attacking prowess out wide, especially late in the halves. If he gets one on one, if you isolate him one on one with um, you know. For me, I look at New South Wales, and as you say, we've got, we've got Hayne, who's in fairly good form. Uh, our outside backs are quick. Uh, most of them are in form. Uh, my only concern is, is Josh Morris. I mean, um, he's been struggling a little bit, but probably deserves his spot based on last year. Mitchell Pearce, he, he was the one that I probably had a question mark on a month ago, but in the last month, he's probably justified his spot, and I like the fact that they're going to partner him with Maloney. And our forward pack looks sensational. I think... Robbie Farrow is probably ready to, to really challenge Cameron Smith. And our back row, I think, is um, far superior to theirs. And our, our bench is, is just as good. But if we're looking at it, mate, where do you think the game's going to be won from a New South Wales perspective? Oh, dummy half. Dummy yeah. half. It stops and ends with, uh, with Cameron Smith. Mate, he's their, he's their linchpin. He's the bloke who, more than last year, when Slater didn't play, play in game three, they, they somehow found a way to, you know, Fabricate a fullback, and, and that fabrication was uh, Greg Inglis. So, so your, your best fullback to be, you know, to be down and out with an injury, and then you put Inglis back there and Nielsen in the centres. Um, you know, they're, they're just got they're, they're deadly. Um, yeah, Robbie Farrow is an interesting one, isn't he? He's uh, he's been probably one of the better forward, one of the better four players in the competition in the top five players, I would say, on a, on a weekly basis, and that's again something that last year when he was picked. Uh, there was still a bit of to and throwing of, of whether we should, uh, you know, go with Ennis because he's tougher, or, or you know, go with someone else who's got a bigger work rate. But this year, there's no, there was no um, arguments. You know, Farah picks himself, yeah. and that's again something that happened, hasn't happened for a long time in New South Wales selections. Yeah, so like, I mean, ex- you're exactly right. If you're Laurie Daly and and I'm sitting there coaching this side, I'm. You shut down Smith, um, probably their front row, front row as well. I mean, Matt Scott, meter eater. I think it's important that we sort of stop him going forward. That'll then negate uh, Smith out of out of dummy half. But I look at their side, and I think it's almost roles reverse. Like you look at players like Boyd, uh, Hodges has been carrying injuries. Tate is in awful form. Uh, I don't think Thurston's in great form. Uh, Cronk hasn't been in you know the best old form in the last month. Um, Shillington's been in and out. Even Thayday's been in and out. Uh, Harrison's had his injury concerns. There's there's plenty of question marks over blokes in that side. You then throw in uh, you know Ben Teo, who's obviously had his troubles off the field. You have got Gillette, uh, who is returning. He didn't play in last year's series at all. And then they've got a couple of guys that are going to make their debut. Um, Chris McQueen being one, um, and obviously Papali if he if he gets a run, which I doubt he will. But for me, if I'm Queensland, I'm 
I'm worried heading into this game. They don't have a great record at ANZ Stadium. Uh, they've got a lot of guys out of form. Um, I think for them it's going to be probably a similar thing. Stop our front row, stop our forward pack, stop Farrah. Um, I think it's going to be a real game of chess. I think the, the game's going to be uh, won and lost in the same sort of areas for both sides. Yeah, you couldn't agree more. In fact, uh, you know, when you go through it like that, it's, uh, it seems to be that they've had a, a pretty unsettled uh, preparation. You know, I think the biggest... Concern for Mal Meninga would be Ben Teo. Um, you know, you've got to ask yourself what kind of mental state he's in at the moment, going through what he's going through so publicly. Um, but I think the, the scarier option is going with his replacement in the pile, if he's a horseman. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to play against him. If I'm <laughs> yeah, mini mini but, wiki um, can hurt people. Mm. Oh, mate, he's, you know, he's, just about to, he's just about to go to the next level as a footballer. And um, even though he's probably quite not quite ready for Origin um, yet. Uh, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't hesitate. Put this way: if it's playing New South Wales, it'd probably be a. It'd probably, if it was New South Wales, he'd be playing for us. So. Yeah. Um, they have had a disruptive preparation, but you know they just seem to be one of them well oiled machines that just don't stop. It's just, they just keep going and going and going, and just when you think you've got them in in one way, shape, or form, they seem to produce the unproducible, which is you know usually four points. Bird to six, so mm. yeah, well, it's good to look at their their dossier and say, yep, he's in doubt, he's injured, he's got something wrong with him. They just find something uh, when it comes to origin, and, and it seems to be that's our biggest our biggest opposite opposite to them. You know, we seem to get into a, a winning state, and then we go, oh shit, we haven't been like this for, yeah. for a long time, and, and freeze. But I think the fact we have got Pierce and Maloney as our half and five eight, and uh, with Jennings in the centres. It gives us somewhat of a, a, a you know club combination that could get us around the park, but more so, you know, in in the 38th minute or in the 78th minute when Queensland got their their foot uh, well and truly pressed it against our throat and they're, they're trying to choke us with that foot. We need players who are going to say, no, stuff that foot off. I'm going to try and fight my way out of this. And, and I think James Maloney in particular is one of them players mm-hmm. who just went. And then you got Josh Reynolds coming off the bench who who. I think will inject so, so much into this game. You know, he, him and Fafita have an unbelievable opportunity to be a part of Origin for a long, long time if, yeah. if they go close to playing the way we know they can. Yeah, great point. Yeah. I think for me, the one, I think it's probably been glossed over a little bit, Jared Hayne at fullback, I think it's time for him to, him to explode, mm. mate. I think if he can produce his best form with these types of player, players around him, look out. No, oh, I mean, it's, 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 it's been bad. He hasn't been, you know, his attack hasn't been brilliant, but it's been steady. But his defence has been phenomenal. Yeah. You know, he's, I, I've, I've lost count of how many tries he saved in the last six weeks on his own, just by holding the ball up over the line. Or and that's desperation of being a captain. You know, I, I didn't think he would make a good captain. I'll be honest. And but he's actually he's actually going to make a, a great captain because he he leads from he leads with passion. Um, and I think a lot of people in the past of being critical of just how passionate Jared Hayne is about playing week in, week out in the toughest competition in the world. Well, I think this year this year he's answered all them critics by, by saying, you know what, make me captain. Yeah, I'm going to learn the hard way and I'm going to ask a few questions of the referees and I'm going to get in trouble. But at the end of the day, it's going to make my team and my, myself better. And we won't see the fruits of his labour as a captain until you know next year, the year after. But I think eventually... If he can have a big say in the way his team plays, and if they can all defend like he does of late, um, Parramatta are in for bigger things as well. But his club football has been undeniable. He's, I think, 
so wrong you say it's about time that he, he owns that fullback spot for New South Wales and shows us exactly what he can do because I don't think he's pushed his out of limit yet. In, in 2009, we saw it briefly for about eight games. When Joe Hayden has a whole season like he did back in 2009, um, then we can start talking about him in the same terms we talk about Inglis. Yeah, most definitely. Well, for me, I kind of look at our bench and for once, I think we've pulled a Queensland on them. We've got size and uh, a bit of impact. Generally, we tend to take all the, the light back rowers and Seem to be a bit lean on, and they've had Price, Sivan Siva, Shillington, Hannon, Scott. They've just had a never-ending line of bashing poles. But uh, mm. with Fafita, our back row, Tarmau, Gallon, I think for once, uh, Merrin, Watmau, we've really got the upper hand when we uh, interchange our players. I think we're in a really good position to blow away your players like McQueen, Gillette, Teo, that all choose to play on an edge, you know. Uh, Corey mm. Parker's the only one on their bench that plays tight, so. Yeah, I can see. You know, I can't see Gallon playing 80 minutes. Nah, no, no way. I can see him coming off for, you know, Merrin to go up, the, up front and maybe, you know, put it back there on if that's the case. Wouldn't have while putting a feeder on at the same time. Um, you know, that's that's exactly right. One thing we do have this year at our, at our disposal is a couple of big big rigs uh, like Fafita and Merrin who can play front row or second row or come off the bench with just as much impact as, as they would if they started the game and that's something you know Merrin's just a bloke who's grown into his own skin literally you know he's um, a couple of years ago he was, he was picked in the same year I think Jamie Bura made it you know, for, you know come on he's not ready for it or a baby fat you know how can he possibly be a state of origin player but mm. this year he's absolutely proved that he is one and, and that's what they're the players you pick for origin they're, you know you don't pick players who you think might make it you think blokes who have been knocked down and that's, again, speaking of someone on peripheral, that's why Jared Mullen had the, the world of his hands this year. Um, yeah, put, yeah, if he put four or five games together uh, in a row, and especially if he's team Newcastle won four or five in, in games, he would have been probably a half-back or five-eight. So his um, opportunities lost sometimes for one bloke is, is another one gained for another bloke. So Feder is a man who looks like he's on a, on a mission, but Trent Merrin is also a bloke who's got a great offload, which will be so, so beneficial in origin. Mm. And that's the other thing, you know, I'm not knocking uh, Tim Manor or Tim Grant who have come on and had their games, but in the past we've almost seemed hesitant to leave these blokes on for 10 or 15 minutes and, you know, they're your pretty straightforward front rowers, but for once I think we've got a point of difference on the bench, you know, Merrin, Fafita, Watmau are all arguably probably, in my eyes, the three most informed players in the comp in terms of impact, you know, Watmau's been outstanding for feeders making 200 metres a game and Merrin's leading the offload so if you want to talk about impact and making a point of difference when they come on the field I think Laurie Daly should have no hesitation this year in chucking those blokes into the fray and giving them some good minutes Yeah, great point and I, and I don't know whether um, you've watched them lately you know, from Monday onwards up until tonight um, but I know that uh, Laurie Daly's demeanour has been so relaxed and casual you know, if the players are reflecting the coach at the moment um, I think we're in for something really, really, really special from New South Wales. You know, Laurie Daly and Ricky Stewart, if we look at the coaches for a second, of New South Wales in the, in the past four or five years, or in particular Stewart v Daly, as teammates, they were so contrasting. Um, one was always in your ear, always uh, baiting you, always uh, talking back, you know, always always trying to get the upper hand and, and throwing the, uh, the kidney punch into the gut when you're on the ground. and. <laughs> Just the, just the ultimate competitor. Um, and then you had the other bloke who was just like a fine wine who just would, you know, just ease into the game 
these out of the game and then win the game for you if you want if it needed to be won in Laurie Daly. So I think the fact that they are so different but, but, but deep down also very much the same, um, coming from obviously the same uh, club side for so long, uh, coming from the same area, it, it instills similar virtues into your psyche that the ultimate is the, the ultimate plan for both of them is, is to win rugby league games. That's what they're made to do because that's what they did so much for their club sides in the state and country when they played. I think now that with Larry Daly coaching the team that he's inherited from his teammate who he, he knows a lot about that teammate, he knows a lot about what's been going on inside New South Wales camp. So he knows they're close. He knows he's just got to get that red wine smoothness of his and, and put it, mix it with that you know aggression and, um, and, fan, and all that fanfare that Ricky Stewart brings to the table and if he mixes it subtly like he should, um, mate, this could be a. I'm not. I'm not. I haven't been drinking today, but I'm, I'm thinking New South Wales could really, you know, dust them up in the first game. I really do. I think that, you know. I've been saying all week maybe 18, 14 the Blues, but as we as we you know embark, embark upon the game tonight, I'm really thinking that New South Wales might win by 12 to 14 points. Okay. The only. You know, I, I, I repeat, I haven't been drinking. <laughs> not yet, anyway. No, The only thing for me, um, the Josh Reynolds selection. Now, uh, if I'm Laurie Daly, I'm looking who are my best players, um, you know, or who are the guys that are going to influence this game. For me, it's going to be Maloney, Farah, and Hayne. Um, yeah. Therefore, as a coach, I'm keeping them on for as long as possible. The Josh Reynolds thing, for me, the only way this is going to work is if he can go on and play lock uh, and float around the middle of the field if he's not going to get time at nine. Like, I don't. I just hope Laurie Daly doesn't bring Farrer off to justify selecting Reynolds and put him at no, nine. I hope he, he can throw him at thirteen. Like, um, well, you can throw him at seven if Pierce isn't doing yeah, what he's supposed to do. Yeah, that's you true. Know, you, can, you can you can put Maloney at seven and put Reynolds six. You can. There's so many options with Josh Reynolds. What you know, what you know, you're getting is a bloke who's going to come on, and he's not. You watch any of the Bulldogs games where they went through that bad spell early in the year? Well, they're still going through a pretty bad spell. But for me, the other night on uh, Sturlow, he said, Laurie said uh, he could play three minutes, he could play 78 minutes, and I almost choked on my Mars bar, I must admit, because mm. we can't we can't afford to play Queensland with 16 players. Like, he, he can't he can't sit him there to cover oh, Farrah no. if he gets injured. I just, I really hope that it's not another Jamie Bureau episode from last year, you know? No, I don't think it will. I, I, I really don't think it will be, mate. I, I, I think we've learned our lesson with that, and, you know, I think... When you when somebody's in so much so so good irresistible form, you know what if actually if they if they pick Sutton, I would have been more inclined for it to happen that way because we've been harder to squeeze him into the game unless he starts as five eight or like where you're going to put him really. 
Uh, we know he can play a back row, but you know he's six foot five and ninety five kilo. You know you know him amongst them the juggernauts who are 115 kilos and, and wrecking himself through his gameplay. So, with Rolls, but he's not that big, but he gets he seems to get in a lot of gaps. He seems to be able to read play where he's a step ahead of most time, at, at most times, which is going to help him again. And you know, I'm, I'd be confident, mate, if he was starting the game, Josh Reynolds. I really would, but I'd be I'd be happy if he was in the, the starting 13 um, because he's got qualities that we need. We need blokes to to thrive when he comes on. We need and. Lewis mentioned it before about the bench. We've got Marin and Watmau and Fafita on the bench, and you're, a, you're a, on the field. You look to the sideline quickly, and you're going to have a bit of a smile on your face when you know them four are frothed off the mouth to get on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I think, think we've had a radar bench in the last you know, four or five years. I don't think we've had a, had a bench you know, that we could say, oh, look, this guy can't wait to get on the field. And, but now I think we have. And, you know, Hoffman's, uh, I think if I, if Hoffman's the, one, the one player I think that. Um, probably he's a little bit lucky to, make, to have made the team. I know he's been sensational since coming back from, uh, from England uh, after having a year or two over at Wigan. But um, I, I just think I think more so we picked him because he knows what Smith and Slater and Crocker are doing instead of maybe picking him for the right reasons, which is on form. Even though he's not with Tom, hasn't been quite on form of late, and his form's suffered as well. We felt Slater's, I suppose, to a certain degree as well. Mm. You can guarantee that when uh, the chips are down, that Hoffman won't let us down. But I, if I had to nitpick the team, um, he'd probably be the only one that I would, you know, say, well, you know, he's probably lucky. But saying that, I'm, I'm 100% sure he'll get a job done tonight when he, when he plays. Yeah, I more look at Hoffman and Lewis and Bird that we've got starting and think they're all in that role over those couple other guys. Not so much, uh, you know, oh, they've all been pretty good at club, but I think they're a lot more solid for that first part of the game and that's why I look at a Hoffman you know what you're going to get from Ryan Hoffman uh, he's the kind of back row that you can give that hospital pass to if you've made a bad choice you know he's not going to drop the ball uh, much the same as Luke Lewis if you give him a bad pass he's going to run that dirty line but at the same time I don't think there's too many people that hit a hole better than Ryan Hoffman so if whoever's on that left hand edge I think they've got a great back row and like you said what we've got coming off the bench is probably in better form than what we've got starting yeah, you probably it's a bit like your pockets at the pub. They're pretty safe. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Very safe. No, no, no one ever puts a hand near him. So, um, yeah, like he, he's you know, if, as I said, if, if I'm going to nitpick, he's, he's probably the one bloke I think. It's, but you know, I've decided when this team was picked that this is a year that I'm instead of you know picking the the team the, the bits and, and saying that this bloke's lucky, that bloke's unlucky. It's it's time to start trying to believe again. It's it's pretty hard, you know. Every year it comes around. and Every year gets another number added to it, and mm. it seemed like yesterday they won two in a row, then they won three in a row, which I thought would never be beaten. Now they're going for the eighth. I mean, this is something that I don't think many people have fathomed, or I don't think many people fathom it until we're grandfathers and look back and go, "Man, what happened was that Queensland?" And we can't even win one game, two games in a row these days. Yeah, um, that that team won eight series and seven series in a row. Like it's. It's almost up there with the Dragons, you know, back in the in the day when they won the, the, the 10 straight grand finals or the 11 straight grand finals they won. So we, we've got to face facts. We are playing against, when I say we, New South Wales are playing against arguably the best Queensland team of all time. Um, maybe not on paper, but on results, definitely. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be taken into account when you judge our blokes. And if you look at the record last year, two points, two points and a point, as we spoke about earlier, five points over three games, they're close. We're really close. Mm-hmm. Now we just need a bit of Larry Daly finesse as a, as a man manager to instill some 
some attributes in these blokes that will make them just be better players. And I, I, I'm quite confident he will. Yeah, we're going to talk to Lenny shortly and uh, get his take on it. So We just need Laurie to take control of the New South Wales team and give a good talking to the players so they yeah, are in the well, right front of uh, them. How, how are you used? Now, I think the boys are really happy you come on their podcast, mate. It's, uh, it's a big coup. Um, Laurie, you know, the use of the bench, have you seen him chop one mouth through the camp and is he pumped up for, for a massive game? Well, besides the bonding session, Chock has been pretty subdued, which is a good thing for the team. Andrew Fafita, I've had to keep away from the tattoo parlour. And we're talking to James Tarmow, but the only word I'm getting back seems to be some kind of slur. He says, chur. So I'm not quite sure what that means, but I'm sure he'll do his job for the team on Wednesday. Have you had a chance to, to catch up with Mal and, you know, be their teammates? I suppose it's a uh, pretty a weird situation, you know, playing, coaching against one of your, your teammates in a success, successful era. Yeah, well, me and Pagola Brow, I mean, sorry, Mal, have had a chat. Uh, old Con the Fruiterer, as I used to call him in the day, with those hairy arms and that fantastic head of Greek hair. But, uh, you know, he, he, at the end of the day, we are still friends. We played for the Raiders. And we share many fond memories. But come Wednesday night, if he comes within five feet of me, I will not hesitate to give him a spinning back heel kick or put him in a guillotine chokehold until he can no longer breathe. Well, I believe you've got a man there with you, which is a great coup to get him in the New South Wales camp. But I don't know, he's probably the boy who can do the guillotine choke for you, but Gordy Tars, how'd you get him involved in, in the New South Wales camp? And what's, what's Gordy... Just just give me a sec, I'll see if I can find them in. Okay, thanks, mate. Gordon! Gordon! Uh, uh, Hello? Hey, Gordon! How are you going, mate? Oh, mate, you know, it's a bit like the whole Wayne Burnett situation and the South thing, like... You know what I mean? Like, whoever's willing to give me a, a bit of work, like, I'm not really fussed, you know? Like, as long as it's putting wheat picks on the table and I'm getting a couple of 4Xs, then it's all good. Did you, uh, did, I mean, once the game starts, like, you must, you must, you know, go for the, the maroon. You're, you're maroon. you got maroon blood, Gordy. Oh, mate, I'll be wearing my maroon shirt, and if, uh, any of these blue baggers come near me once the game's on, I'll punch holes in them. But, uh, for the time being, you know what I mean? I'm just doing a job. But, uh, I can't, but what's, what's uh, I mean, Larry's there with you and Larry got you in the camp, but what's, has Mal, has Mal said anything about, you know, not, not giving the, the Blues too much information about what Queensland is doing camp? Oh, no, not really any communication for Mal, but if, uh, if he's got a problem, I'm, I'm more than happy to accommodate him. <laughs> <laughs> what about, I, I believe, boys, and this is, this is only a little detail here, that, um, there's an American star out here at the moment promoting his new sitcom. Um, he was one of the stars of uh, Pop Fiction. He's been, he's been in so many movies. He's a cult hero, especially with blokes uh, around my genre in, in Australia. But is it true that you got Christopher Walken, the actor from America, out right here to pump the boys up before the game load? Yes, it is true that I do have Christopher here. He is a great speaker. There is a certain tone 
in his voice that just seems to resonate with the team? Is there any way that uh, the good people who listen to the fifth and last podcast can, can get a couple of words from Mr. Walker? Yeah, I'll see if I can uh, go rouse him up. He's currently going yes, through yes, the fridge. Yes. But, Chris, uh, I want to talk to you, mate. Come in here. Give us a second. We'll go yeah, find Christopher. Yeah, that is. Yeah, come come here, come here, Chris. Hello. Is this Mark? Mark Gaia, the Wild <laughs> Panther. The Panther. Hi, Christopher. I loved you. Loved you in the uh, Pulp Fiction. Could, could you tell the listeners of this podcast exactly? You know, could you recite that famous scene for us? Where? Oh, I, 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 I think I think I know what line that it is that you want me to say, and <laughs> yeah. I, I will I will give you a little taste. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank I, I think you're referring to. When I have the watch, the watch, I've had this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass for five years. Your father had this hunk of metal up his ass for five years because he thought, he thought this watch was your birthright. How's that? Christopher Walker, unbelievable. Look, mate, you don't... It's been a pleasure to talk to you, Troy Blake, uh, on, on Origin Night, Origin Day. Um, my, you boys, Lewis and Rocker, that's, that's amazing too, boys. It's an amazing thing that you can get these blokes to have a chat on your, on your podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, you're talking about me having safe pockets. Let me tell you, they're not safe when I've got these three around. It's cost me plenty of schooners. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys and girls, so enough. I'd just like to uh, wish everyone a great Origin tonight. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind just saying goodbye individually with our three guests, if you don't mind. Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your tip, MG? Uh, my tip has changed from 18 to 14 in the Blues. I'm going to go 24 to 10 in the Blues' favour. Blues? Man of the match? Man of the match will be Jay Hayne. First try scorer? Uh, Brett Morris. Nice. Uh, well, for me, I'm going to have to go the Blues, I think, by eight. Uh, man of the match, I'm probably going to have to say it's going to be Gallon. I think he's going to go absolutely berserk. Uh, at the same time, I still think we have to be wary, like you said before, Smith, Cronk, Thurston, these kind of guys. Mm. But uh, yeah, I reckon New South Wales by eight. I'm going to say yeah, I'm going to say Blues one to twelve. Ryan Hoffman first try scorer, and Robbie Farah man of the match. Oh, come on, you Blues! Yeah, well, Christopher, I I think I personally would like to think that the Blues will win by one because <laughs> in eighty minutes, winning by twenty. Or 14, it's not exciting. The fans, <laughs> the fans really want to see a close game. Okay, okay, Christopher. Thanks for your time, brother. We'll see you back in New York or something uh, in the cubicle. No worries. I'll see you at the, the, the pub on Friday, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep that guy off the phone. He loves it. next week on Maddie Show, mate. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gordy. Gordy's fucking, he's legged it. Gordy's gone. <laughs> Gordy's in the fridge having his rummage. Yeah. Laurie's still here. Oh, where's Laurie? Goodbye, Mark. <laughs> Thank you for your support of the Blues. I saw the, the rev up you did for the grill team. No worries, buddy. It's my pleasure, Laurie. I hope you kick ass, mate. No worries. Spinning back heel kicks all round for anyone wearing a Marange jersey. Yeah, the cut of dog at least, mate. Exactly. Goodbye, my friend. Goodbye, brother. Good luck and good, uh, good safe voyage and uh, good, good speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See you, mate.
What about it? What about it? See you, mate. A very big thanks, as always, goes to the Wild Panther, Mark Guy. You can catch him six to nine weekdays on 104.9 on Triple M's Grill Team and also on his Twitter, at MarkMGGuyer. So now that we've done our origin preview with the big man, we'll move on to our reviews from the games from the weekend. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained, and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com Alrighty then, games from the weekend. Starting off with the Dogs versus the Dragons on Friday night. 16-14, uh, this one finished up, but I didn't really think that was a true reflection of the Dogs' work. I think they uh, should have put a few more on the board. No, they and they ducked out to a 12-0 lead, uh, and somehow at the back end of the second half, uh, sorry, the first half, the uh, Dragons called themselves back to 12-8, and then the same sort of thing happened uh, at the end of the game. The Dogs got out to 16-8. You sort of thought the game was over, uh, and then with about 10 to go, some uh, life spark back into the Dragons, and they were probably unlucky to lose in the end. Uh, I, I know that the, the Dogs had a try disallowed at the end there where Dugan was taken out, Barber ran the length, uh, and Sauer had a shot that he probably should have converted to uh, send the game to the golden point. Um, just a really strange game of footy, really strange. Well, realistically, two moments of Bulldogs' madness almost gave the game away. Yeah. Ben Barber's knees, which were... They weren't malicious, but it was stupid. Yeah. And he probably will cop at least dumb. a week or something. I reckon he should, just to kind of give him... I the... think he's going to get off with an early plea, so... Mm. I think they should give him something. Like, you, you can't go around doing that. But he gives away the eight-point try, which brings him, you know, back within yeah. four. Uh, they score, like you said, and you think they're clear. And again, it's it's a penalty that gives the, the, the Dragons a chance almost on full time to snatch the game after a, a scrappy late try where Sowd set up prior. But yeah. all in all, like Pritchard gets held up. Uh, they were dominant on the ball. They got down their end a lot more. Uh, just a bit bit lacking as far as finishing was concerned, I think, for the Dogs. They were, as far as I was concerned, they dominated the forwards, especially in that game. Cassiano, Tolman, Graham, these kind of guys. Yeah, they just didn't have the, uh, they didn't have the you know, sort of the polish around it to, to finish it off. Uh, they, they missed Josh Reynolds, that's for sure. Uh, that was one big loss for them, but... I thought Romolo was pretty solid in his absence. Yeah, well, I think that Hodkinson was the one who... He was man of the match. But... Hodkinson was the one who really needed to take control and kind of show a bit more of what he showed at Manly without yeah. Reynolds, but he didn't really grab the ball by the horns per se. No, uh, it was probably a game uh, the Dragons should have won in the end. Um, but, you know, that's one they're going to be ruining at the end of the year because they're not they're not missing too many players with origin. Well, um, I, I think they're using Dugan as a crutch now. We're talking about having an attacking player. Dugan had another great game, but you, you, they're just blunting him, you know. It was a bit like start of the year. Beal, like, Beal's a good, more of a, a centre or a winger, not a fullback, but they seem to rest everything on their fullback at the moment. Yeah. That's the linchpin. Yeah, well, ever since he had probably those couple of breakout games, uh, now it looks like there is a little bit of a reliance on him to provide them with that attacking um, spark, but uh, it's pretty predictable if, you, you, if you're trying to defend it. Uh, and I thought the Bulldogs did a pretty good job defending it, but... He's just got that little play in him, Dugan, like that little chip and chase. Uh, there were a couple of times there where he just broke the line innocuously, just uh, on the back of nothing. And uh, it just shows you what sort of talent this kid's got if he can stay on the field and um, be consistent. No, I didn't think Sal was as bad as a lot of people thought, but we've got a little bit that we'll talk to uh, Mr. Goss about later on. I don't want to go into that too much about Sal and the whole Panther situation. I'll say one thing about Jamie Sal. He definitely doesn't help himself. No. Um, there was an occasion there where... Uh, on a kick return, he got the ball. I think uh, Jason Nightingale passing the ball, and he uh, he tried to run over Trent Hodkinson, 
didn't even change the ball, ran over the sideline on play one. He's just, he's a rags to riches um, in terms of his play. Like, one of them is just, hits gold, and the next one is just a stinker. So, mm. uh, a lot of people are sort of bagging him out and saying that, you know, Penrith are crazy for signing him, but uh, I think he's, he's, he's in need of a change, Jamie Soward. Uh, you look at Josh Dugan's form now, he was probably in need of a change to get out of Canberra, so... Mm. Well, can provide you with that uh, change of scenery that you may need. Well, like I said, we've got a bit of news on that later on. We're going to talk to Goss about yeah. We won't tap on that too much now. But for me, the three replacements for the Dogs were all fantastic for the origin period. Uh, Drury Lowe set one of the tries up. Lafayette grabbed the double. Yeah. And obviously, Romelu gets me in the match. So I think that still shows a bit of depth they've got there. Dragons, I don't think it's a matter of... They lose Merrin. You, you look at that bloke. He, he's their heart and soul, really, with Dugan at this point in time. They're their two yeah. uh, attacking options. Nothing out of the halves. Uh, Rain back from injury had a pretty ordinary game. I thought both hookers were ordinary. Yeah, King as well. Like, I thought Cray probably he didn't have too bad of a game himself, but not not much support around. They're, they're definitely they miss Marin going through a rebuilding phase. Well, no it, doubt. Then you look at the dogs and you just think, well, they're plodding along. That's a win, uh, another win. Yeah. Well, um, what, what they're happens? Still not playing. Know? They're still not playing great footy, but they're winning. So. What happens when they click? What happens when Pritchard, Casiano, yeah, Tolman, Graham, T Rex still to come back? Like, there's mm. there's too many of them not for it to happen and. Good sides. I'm still not convinced. Good not sides convinced. win, even when they're playing bad, and they're still getting the points. As far as I'm concerned, I think they'll flourish during this period. And now they, uh, this week, they go up to North Queensland to take on the Cowboys at home. What a side under pressure they are. Yeah, We're well, going to go into them later. Getting uh, the word that two games is what Neil Henry's got. Uh, and the Dragons mm. doesn't get any easier for them. They're going to Newcastle to play the Knights. Well, so. Let me tell you, I'd say one thing: if they didn't get Cassiano and Graham back, I don't think they'd be winning games again. But Graham again, I think, was uh, close to one of their best. Yeah. But uh, moving on, Saturday night, Souths versus the Newcastle Knights, 25-18. Uh, I had a punt on the Knights, I thought. Well, we both did. Souths yeah. might struggle without the back row and GI. They looked last week a bit lost without GI's influence, but uh, Johnny Sutton in particular, a bloke who had a point to prove, they, they were down early, 12-zip. Mm. Uh, Newcastle looked like they were getting right over the top of them, but all of a sudden, Newcastle just send a pack to bags. No, I'm not going to take any away from South. South deserved to win thoroughly. They scored four unanswered tries after that and finished up kicking a field goal in the end after conceding a late try to win 25-18. But uh, I think a big turning point, I'm not saying McKinnon wins in the game, but after that McKinnon injury and that long break, Newcastle never seemed to come back to the party. Yeah, that was a. this was another strange game. Um, I backed Newcastle 1-12 and they shot out at 12-0. I'm thinking, bloody hell, this could be a, a bloodbath. And... Uh, as you said, I don't know whether it was... Uh, it didn't seem to be a possession thing. Um, for me, Newcastle got the hell penalised out of them. They got marched down the field yeah, several times. But, uh, yeah, but at the key part of the game, I thought they got carved up by the referees. Mm. Isaac Luke was good. Um, it yeah, was just 150 metres and wet weather had a dummy half. And yeah. I think yeah, you, you bring that Big point Georgia up. Boy. Yeah, he was awesome again. Unleash Georgia! Yeah, big, fantastic. Big Georgia off the bench. But uh, I think, you know, another big thing again, dummy half running in that kind of conditions. Dylan Walker, these kind of guys getting out of dummy half, plenty for South Sydney. They got Sutton stood up and obviously showed yeah. that uh, he's still going to be there for the Blues if they need somebody. Scored a great try. Reynolds, nice kicking game, just plotted along. Yeah. And all, all the little bit players that come in, like, you know, same deal as the dogs. You see the depth with Jason Clark, Nathan Peets, these kind of guys who come in and they have no problems marching forward. No. They were just as effective once they got uh, got into gear. Yeah. South, it's, that's a massive win for them, mm. like with, the, with these blokes here, especially Inglis. Burgess took the week, obviously, for the 
for the crusher tackle. Mm. Uh, Newcastle, I, I really don't know what to make of them. I, it was encouraging uh, that they could probably compete with, with South, but it then probably raises a question again about their away form. Their away form's fairly ordinary. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Newcastle aren't a, uh, a top four side for mine. They may scrape into the eight, but well, I can't what, see them threatening uh, threatening sides like South and Melbourne at the back end of the season, I don't think. I think as much as the bike's a bit older, I think one thing they need right now, because their halves aren't really doing too much, like Mullen, he's fallen off the bandwagon big time again. Uh, he's not really helping Roberts, who's probably playing over him. But I really think they're missing Badiris. Who, oh, they're missing a nine. He, he may be retiring at the end of this year, but we, we said it last year. People were looking at him going, he's not as good. He was still playing and up to his old tricks. It's just that the players around him weren't understanding hmm. what Badiris is all about. Similar so. to Robbie Farrer in that regard. He's, he's a very individualistic player. He's got his, his very unique skill set. Get and it probably him. takes you some time to learn how to play around him. And hmm. um, He's been sort of in and out and in and out for extended periods of time for... Uh, the night, so that that's not helping the players around him, and mm. it's not helping the fluency in the halves, as you say. And Darius Boyd uh, also he's, he's had a couple of injuries, yeah, and he's probably not in the in the best form. But well, they lose McKinnon, but at the same time, South lost champion, so they both kind of lost an edge player. But South seemed to just keep motoring along. The Knights, not so. I thought Mullen, yeah, needed to get involved. Three. Well, that's a four point game for South. I think they've got to buy this weekend. So mm. I tell you who, and I said this a couple of weeks ago. You agree with me? The sad thing if you're Wayne Bennett is if your winger is your best player. And James McManus was just about one of their best players again. Yeah, the one that all... Uh, Robbie like, Rocco, Rocco, too. That was the one I was going to hold. He was, he was excellent. He seems to be growing a, uh, an inch or two every week. and um, um, He's got his rags to richer story. He's come from playing club footy in Newcastle to now... No, he was from Melbourne. ...being a standout. Well, uh, Matty, I think Matty John said he was playing... Um, he played... Club footy in Newcastle. So I think he's a Newcastle junior. Is that right? I think he was a Newcastle junior, but he played in our 20s grand final. Yeah. He played two or three games of first grade at Melbourne. And then when Wayne Bennett went there last year, he signed him. He got a debut at the back end of the year last year. And uh, obviously now he's got a, a fresh three-year three year contract and he's going to be there for a while. But I thought him and Mason were pretty good. But McManus, yeah. you know, like when your wing is your best player. Uh, the other ones were, I thought Jeff Lehmer did a really good job filling in the back row. Yeah. And Roy Azatazi. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And rolled the clock back the other night. I was uh, pretty impressed with that Roy boy. Yeah. Michael Maguire, he can take a lot of positives out of that going forward. They're, they're definitely oh, yeah. have to be a premiership win. contender now. It's an origin win, and they've got to buy this week. Bang, bang. Yep. Keep punching away. Yeah, and Newcastle, uh, got, uh, Newcastle got the Dragons at home, so that's probably a game they should win. Yeah, well, this is the one problem we speak about, that home factor. They can't play every game at home and keep winning and then get on the road and just completely pack it in, you know? Oh, I think it's that's going to... That's what I mean. It's going to be that's enough for them to get, get to the finals. Out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be enough to get them to the finals. They'll probably get an elimination game at yeah. home. Well, it's a bit like the Raiders of old, isn't it? Yeah. They win down at Bruce Stadium. They couldn't buy a win away. And then when they get to the finals the first week, they're away, they're out. Well, I'd be surprised if they finish any lower than six, mm. Newcastle, but... Uh, we'll, wait, we'll wait and see. Happen. We'll wait and see. But our Sunday's fixture, Titans-Cowboys, as we said, just... 
pressure keeps getting heaped on poor old Neil Henry, and I feel sorry for him because the playing group's not doing their job with the roster they've got. But 31-12, massive raps to Albert Kelly. He was a a junior in my age group when I was playing school footy. They speak of people in your age group, every every, every footy player out there knows there's always one or two guys that stand out ahead above everyone. Wade Graham and Kelly were the two for mine, but Albert Kelly always used to look at him and just think, wow. He went off the rail for a couple of years, and we all kind of thought, you know, there goes another one. Mm. But what he's doing at the Gold Coast right now, I'm, I'm going to just chuck it out there. His form this year is better than Thurston's, and it's not too far behind Reynolds and Cronk. Yeah, if I'd not, probably agree with that. Yeah, it's, um, wow. For me, like as a Gold Coast fan, it's just it's encouraging to see our key position players playing well. And mm. So usually, uh, yeah, Shrama and, and I mean, yeah, Zilman, 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 wow. very good. Um, you think I've got a hate on for Zilman, but... My hate on Fazulman isn't personal. It's more the five-year deal. I just couldn't understand. You can't blame that signing for signing the five years. Oh no, I don't. I don't hold any remorse yeah. towards him. But that, it was really encouraging to see him play that well yesterday. Yeah. Um, that that was Zilman winding back the clock to when he was going to be. But is that, that Zilman, Dugan player at Canberra? That's, that's Zilman playing with a pair of halves that are running threats. I think it gives him more space on the well, outside. He is, that's what playing he is. with Prince, He's a support player. Playing with Prince always cramped his room. Like mm. always cramped the room for our centers, and I think. The form of our halves is transferring into the form of our outside men as well because Jamal Idris and Brad Takarangi are looking like world beaters as well. So getting, uh, you know, getting past that too, I think the problem with Zilman not knocking him is John Cartwright's tried to use him as a six and a centre and all these things. Mm. This bloke was once going to be the prodigy fullback. You know, he was he was that that Dugan before he did his knees. But once they start, you, you push a guy around who's only known fullback. I know he's a great player and he's a skillful player, but he was never going to be a centre. He was never going to be a six. The longer they've left him there, and like you've said, now they've put a pair of decent halves in that are not only playing direct, but are also running threats, not just getting rid of the ball and giving him nothing to work with. You know, you see his full skill set. He was swerving everywhere yesterday. He hit holes. He was getting space in the back line and getting to choose to pass, which he definitely has one in his game. Yeah. So for me, going forward, Zilman... Uh, it was, was always a, a bright talent, but I think the right halves there now to kind of bring him up uh, into that upper echelon of fullbacks. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for the Titans, I mean, I don't take too much out of it, only because the the poor old Cowboys. They yeah, we are. It was almost boys versus men. It was it was the back end of the Cowboys squad. Let's put it that way. Like their best players, um, obviously both front rowers Thurston and Bowen out. Um, hurts Tate out probably doesn't hurt that much in his current form, but. Uh, for me now we, we've got a buy, and then we play South and Cairns, and that's uh, that's the one for me. I, I don't. I probably expect us to get beat in that game, but um, I really want to see us compete in that game, and um, you know we'll, we'll really get a measure of where we're at because the last real test we had was Brisbane, and we got flogged. So well, I know you weren't really impressed that Dave Taylor got man of the match just because there was players out, but at the same time, when you're paying a bloke five hundred, he's well, had some off field problems and he's had a dig. And also the other one we've talked about, Idris again, played great. Mm. So and he's come out and said he wants to captain the Titans and be a Titan for life. So maybe it's been more of a comfort thing. Maybe he's finally found, uh, you know, a bit of solace and he, he settled in at the Gold Coast. And yeah. if that's the case, hopefully we keep seeing the same kind of footy uh, that he's been producing. But, Agreed. Yeah, uh, we'll move on to the Cowboys. I I don't want to. I'm not going to lay the burden into them. No. Um, Neil Henry, I find that amazing that he's under pressure. The players, uh, your best players, your best players going like a busted in Jonathan Thurston, and he's that, getting no help. That no, I'm yeah. Him, I, mean, I feel a little bit sorry. For, I feel totally sorry for Henry. I feel a little bit sorry for Thurston. Um, 
but they've got a it's a result driven business and yeah. you know but who are they going to get we talk about this all the time who are you going to get to take that squad with those kind of players who only know Neil Henry not saying they might up well, they're talking about Trent Barrett well that's the other thing like, as much as you've said he's a positive at Penrith the bloke yeah, hasn't oh, had a real job yeah, exactly. around I, the whole a lot of people don't I don't think realise how uh, meticulous Neil Henry is I, I've heard I don't know Neil Henry never met the bloke wouldn't know him from a bar of soap but some of the stories I've heard from people in the know, I know a couple of guys uh, worked at NRL Stats, and the amount of preparation that he puts into each game, he's uh, he's down he's down the end of the phone if uh, the the new uh, new hard drive with the, the weekend's games isn't on it to him, uh, airmailed and shipped by Tuesday morning up at North Queensland. He's, he's abusing blokes at NRL Stats because he he's just the uh, ultimate perfectionist. So. Mm-hmm. I really don't think this is a coaching issue. I think it's just a lack of depth um, and your key players aren't playing well. Very simple. I just think it's exactly that. La- this time last year, the Dally M's, second and third place on the Dally M list were Matt Bowen and yeah. Jonathan Thurston. Exactly. And this year they've been the bloody Matt Bowen is, you know, been absolutely horrible, non-apparent, got problems and injured, and now look what that's done to Thurston. Those mm. two go hand in hand, uh, as well as the nine situation with the Moore not really working out, so... Well, well, I that's, think that sold him up the river. I mean, he has to take some responsibility for the fact that Seguiara was moved on, well, Payne retired. How you don't figure out to keep Seguiara, yeah. I'll never know. Well, yeah. I don't know who. He's probably got to fall on his sword a little bit with that decision, but, but that, that's I, not I don't enough think to put them where they to are. kill him. Yeah. Like, if this is a, the year goes down in a fire, and yeah, they yeah. might have to move on Hall and Johnson, a few older blokes, but with Tamalolo, you know, Lynette, like, Fifi didn't play a game last year. He's been outstanding since he's come back in. There's still enough there with even what they're probably going to lose yeah, to just, challenge again next year. But why would you? You is, could bomb this. You could bomb this whole era for the Cowboys. You sack him. Yeah, it gives the players an out for the rest of the year. They can go, oh, new coach. Well, we, we got an inbox off. from somebody saying about Jonathan Thurston's contract. We know a lot of people have clauses as far as coaches are concerned. So mm. I know that wouldn't have been something talked about at the time because you think he's going to be a cowboy for life, but. You wouldn't know if Scott or Tarmel or Thurston, any of these blokes who just re-signed under Neil Henry, have yeah. clauses saying that if the coach is gone, well then, you know, yeah. you, you see a lot of players do that these days. So that there may be a lot more repercussions than just uh, you know, kind of causing a bit of an uproar. There may be a few players that have that out clause along with Neil Henry. Unless it is Neil Hen- the players are trying to get rid of Neil Henry, I'd, I'd stick with him. And mm. I'm not a big fan of this whole player, get rid of the coach, because yeah, it, it's... It's the players pushing the responsibility of the performance onto the coach, and as you said, that they're not the ones out there playing the game. Mm. Oh, sorry, they're the ones out there playing the game, not the coach. So uh, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. It might just be a bit of a media beat up as well. It'd be, it'd be interesting to hear something come out of the Cowboys officially. Um, well, you don't really want to hear that you got the full support of the board. That's not usually a good thing to hear. But uh, yeah, strange situation. They've got issues in their team too. I was going to say the halves pairing, Louis. Still obviously got some dramas. Morgan Morgan's best friend was Alex Elisala, who's passed away. He had a broken jaw in the off-season, so those two probably both not in the best mind state, still playing first grade. Who's this, Robert Louis? Robert Louis and uh, Michael Morgan. Michael Morgan was good friends with Elisala and obviously had the, the broken jaw, now shoulder injury as well. So, uh, you know, there's some issues as well around that. Like, I'm not saying the death of young Elisala is still dragging through, but uh, there is issues with, you know, there's two halves, the nine, you've got Thurston, Bowen's contract issues being dragged out. I think there's a lot kind of packaging at the moment. So hopefully for their Odin players in particular, 
that that kind of freshens them up a bit and they come back with a bit of spice. Well, you've already heard a couple of Queenslanders in the media say that Thurston seemed uh, really relaxed, like he doesn't, he's not under pressure, so mm. that environment probably takes him away from the pressure that's building up north. Yeah, well, like I said, wraps to Lynette and Firefire Lower. I thought they were both good. Bolton did a good job at prop, and uh, Tom Lolo again showed us what he can do, but he needs to do it when all the big guns are there. He, he should be on the bench every week, so he really needs to come forward and stamp his authority on that one. But Titans, let's uh, see what happens next week with South. When they've got, well, we've got a bye, so it's a four-point game, and then that's the week uh, after, us, us and South are both got the bye this weekend, and... Uh, and then we're ripping in in, uh, in Cairns. Mm, we'll see what happens with that one. Uh, moving on to the next game, obviously the Monday night game. Being between the Brisbane Broncos and the New Zealand Warriors. And, uh, well, it was a mugging, wasn't it? 56-18, to 18, full-time, 26-8 half-time. Yeah, it was a bloodbath. Absolute bloodbath. Probably to be expected. I know we both thought that the Warriors would win. Uh, did I think they'd win by 50? Probably not. But um, just goes to show for Warriors fans out there, it must be... A uh, very, very frustrating side to uh, follow, and, and from Matty Elliott's point of view, frustrating side to coach. But uh, when they hold the ball, they're, they're devastating. And I, I know we're probably unanimous that they they didn't get the rub of the green tonight. There was a couple of calls that went against them, uh, so it could have been uh, even more pain for the Broncos. But yeah, well, great the, performance. The Whitchurch knock on early on, obviously, was one let off. Yeah, uh, Manu obviously didn't get to score the try because he knocked it on as well. But the first one's from Whitchurch. It was a late one as well. Uh, Wallace, the, the bloody dummy half passing. A lot of them looked pretty forward. Yeah, they got out to an early lead, but Sean Johnson, he may as well have chucked his left foot on and had a shot because he certainly couldn't hit one with his right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they got into half time after letting the Broncos back in twenty six to eight, and obviously went on with the second half fifty six to eight. But yeah. Uh, flooded Matteo, man of the match, and rightfully so. Yep. He got a bit of the old fobnos, as we like to call it. Got yep. the offload going. Uh, Locke snooping around. Good to see him. He looked very energetic. Johnson. Hurrell. L- Lilliman. Hurrell back now from injury. Dane Nielsen back from injury. So. Dane Nielsen does a lot of little clean-up work for that side <laughs> that probably goes unnoticed. But Well, he uh, holds together an edge defensively. He too. does, mate. Yeah, he does. It was uh, impressive from him tonight. Um, you probably watch the game, don't even uh, realise he's on the field, but... Uh, you know, the effect he has on that side, massive. Yeah, well, you can't really mention, you know, uh, any, any of the names from the Warriors without thinking they had a good game. Mm. A, lot of, a lot of the forwards are effective. Lilliman. Big Manu. Uh, Manu. Manu got plenty going. Uh, Lulua is good. Good support. Always a very good support player. Not the, yeah. the flashiest half in the comp, but he certainly has a good dig and he smashed Prince there at one stage, which you were pretty happy about. So. Yeah, well, I got pretty excited. Mm. But uh, <laughs> as far as Brisbane are concerned, I've got no idea what Anthony Griffin is thinking. I don't know how you justify moving uh, the emerging Maroons hooker and Andrew McCulloch into the back row to fit Ben Hunt in the side with Scott Prince and Wallace. And then later on in the game, he reshuffled it and still didn't somehow put McCulloch back into dummy half. He, that was imbecilic. Yeah. Absolute cabbage. I don't know. Mr. Gossip's coming on. Maybe uh, he might win the cabbage award this week. That was... Uh, some of the the worst coaching at the worst possible time. What, like, it's the worst time to make changes like that. Uh, you needed to have your key position solid, especially when you've got a lot of guys out for origin. Um, very strange. Very, very strange. Yeah, well, I Peter think... Peter Wallace didn't handle the defensive load in the middle of the field. No. Nah, um, but well, to, to his defence, he, he's never been exposed to it. No. Nah. Well, for them, I thought that the two best players were Josh Hoffman. Who, once again, he's been outstanding, outstanding this year. Yeah. Played in the centres tonight, did a really good job. Uh, burned three people to score his try when it could have gone out to an edge, so he yeah. still had uh, plenty of commitment to the cause. 
Um, besides him, I, I can't really have too many that pop the mind up. Jack Reed wasn't too bad. Yeah. Jordan Carr, who the young bloke, didn't get too many opportunities, but he was pretty solid again. But uh, you could definitely tell they were missing their, their stars and the forwards. That's oh, for sure. definitely. And I, I think they're struggling even with their key players in the Broncos. I, I think they're uh, a fringe eight sort of side. So you take their <coughs> four best players out, um, you know, you're in strife. Mm. Well, I don't know exactly where they go from here, but that, that was a, a big boost to Matt Elliott's confidence and the Warriors hopefully can take something out of that because they haven't had too much going well for them so far this year, but uh, have to see what happens next week when they play Manly. I think Brisbane have the bye next week. No, they wouldn't. They don't have no, the bye? they don't have the bye. No. Now. Brisbane next week, they play the Raiders down in uh, Canberra on Monday night. So you know, The Raiders need to get back on a winning path, so that should be a pretty interesting game. And well, the, the, the Raiders tend to have the wood on the Broncos when they go down to Canberra. So. Yeah, Mate, the, the Broncos, they they got the next two Monday night games in a row. They play the Raiders down in Canberra, and then they play the Tigers back up at Suncorp, um, and then they get the bye, so, and then they've got the Warriors again. So it's a, it's a very important little period here for the Broncos during Origin. Uh, they could uh, It's a make-or-break time for their season. All right, well, that finishes our reviews for this week, so now we'll jump into our Fast Five. our fast five for the week our highlight low light best and worst as well as the question uh, there will be no question this week the one from last week about who would win uh, out of New South Wales and Queensland by 1 to 12 or 13 plus is ongoing obviously if you pick the right margin and your name is drawn out you will win the retro New South Wales jersey signed by the Wild Panther Mark Guy himself so uh, just the high low best and worst for this week my highlight was uh, all the debuts I like seeing uh debuts around origin time and it's good to see some young blood coming to first grade yeah my highlight was the broncos getting drilled tonight by the warriors <laughs> um yeah I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that poor old broncos fans but uh it's good to see the warriors when they when they click like that it's an exciting brand of footy to watch mm. uh low for me barber's knees just unnecessary looked very frustrated and uh he may get a week he may not but i think he deserves something for it because it was all over and done with there was no malice in it but it was just stupid uh my low light was anthony griffin moving uh andrew mcculloch to the back row um he also wins my dunce of the week award mm. uh, well, my best of the week i uh, couldn't separate albert kelly and william zillman i thought they were both outstanding for the titans and uh, especially if in both their cases kelly having his off-field issues and Zilman once the, the next prodigy at Canberra got moved on after two ACL reconstructions. Good to see both of them flying. I'd have to agree with both of those um, from my perspective, obviously, as an as a avid Titans fan. Uh, the other one who I was impressed with out of tonight's game, Sean Johnson, that's as good as I've seen him play in a while, mm. and also Fletty <coughs> Mateo. But the problem with those performances are that we are, they're few and far between. So they need to start stringing performances like that together week to week. Yeah, on my worst, I couldn't pick a player. I just picked the Cowboys side. That was disgusting. Uh, the fact that Neil Henry's under the pump is disappointing because I think the squad's the, the ones not doing their job, not the coach. Well, there was a plethora that we could have uh, could have named here. I mean, Jamie Soward running over the tackle, uh, running over the sideline, first tackle, um, his dismal attempt at goal when the game was on the line, uh, Newcastle's form, the Cowboys' form, Broncos, Anthony Griffin. There's thousands, but... Uh, I'll stick with Anthony Griffin. That was just a dunce decision to move, uh, you know, probably your best player out of uh, one of your key positions into a back row role. It was just crazy. Well, that's our fast five for this week. Uh, obviously, there's still time 
to vote on the jersey. Pick your margin for the win in the New South Wales versus Queensland game. If you get it right, you will be in the draw out of the people that vote on the right margin. We will pick a winner, and you have a chance at winning the New South Wales retro signed jersey by Mark Guyer. Uh, now that we've done our Fast Five, we'll now move on to our Degenerate Gamblers section. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield, and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. Fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and legends. Alrighty, time for the Degenerate Gambler section, which from now on will be brought to you by Cenobet. Their odds are the ones we're going to be using from now on. Uh, we're currently finalising some details with Cenobet.com at the moment to get a couple of free bets to give away and some other bits and pieces, but uh, more details about that heading forward. So a big thank you to them. And uh, for this podcast, obviously, pre-Origin, we're just going to do uh, the, the odds for the Origin game. So, Brock? So the odds for State of Origin Game 1, uh, the head-to-head market, New South Wales and Queensland, it's $1.91 each of two. So take your pick. Um, we're going to have $50 for the... Uh, charity bet on the Blues to win at a dollar ninety one. If you want to, you want to have a line bet. You can get minus two on on New South Wales or Queensland at, at minus, uh, sorry minus two at two dollars ten each of two. Uh, the margins one to twelve for both New South Wales and Queensland is two dollars seventy five. Thirteen plus five fifty and the draw seventeen dollars. Um, total game score at the moment the the uh, market is at thirty four over or under over. 34 points to favourite at dollar 85 and under at a dollar 95. For me, I I really like the uh, the under 34 points total uh, game score, along with just New South Wales to win. I think. Mm. Yeah, well, I like the odds straight. Obviously, they're pretty fairly even split down the middle. You don't need to put too much risk in at a dollar 90. You, you get a pretty good return if you're going to have a whack. I think uh, New South Wales were obviously a bit biased being Blues fans, but I think we finally got the right team this year. But uh, yeah. who do you like for first yeah. try scorer? First try scorer, uh, I think maybe, just maybe uh, a Hoffman, a back row. If yeah. not, I'd have to say it'd be Queensland with an English. Yeah, I tipped I tipped Hoffman. $26 you get on, on mm. Hoffman. Um, Hain, $13. Morris, 9 Jennings, 11 uh, Joshy Morris, 13 Ferguson, 11 uh, Obviously, the rest are uh, fairly long GI odds. GI and these kind of blokes for Yeah, Queensland. I'm going to go to Queensland now. Uh, Queensland, Slater, 9 Boyd eleven, Inglis he's the seven dollar favourite. Mm. Hodges thirteen, Tate eleven, uh, and then obviously uh, more for the rest of the players. Um, so that's about it um, for for the odds in terms of the in terms of the game. Obviously we've had the the charity bet fifty dollars on the Blues, so hoping that gets up um, and we can make some more money for charity. Mm. Like I said at the start, we'll uh, talk about the weekend's odds through Centibet.com when we. Obviously, do our wrap up, pre, uh, wrap up podcast on Thursday. So uh, that wraps up the degenerate gambler section for now. We'll move on to Mr. Gossip. Now it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. Back for the Origin preview, Mr. Gossip. 
Well, that was the most uh, docile intro you've had all, all season, I think. <laughs> Mate, I've, I've got two intros to do this week, so I'll save it for the proper one, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate, it's all about origin this week. It's the only thing on anyone's mind. Well, exactly. It's a bit of a low week for you guys at NRL Gossip. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, everything just stops and contract talk stops. Uh, you know, it's like, a, like the Melbourne Cup. Everything just stops for origin, you know? Mm. What do you got for right. us, mate? Well, right, the first one I got, guys, last week we spoke about Adam Blair and he's unhappy um, at the Tigers. The Tigers are unhappy with him. Now, the Storm are quite keen to have him on the books, but... As we know, they don't have a huge salary cap, so they'd be paying him in Smarties and Jelly Beans, so you'd have to take a massive pay cut. But I'm hearing the Warriors are very, very keen, and they're cash to the tilt. So, I don't know, Lewis, you're, you're the Storm fan, mate. Would you like him back at Melbourne? If we get to pay him in Jelly Beans and Smarties, I would. <laughs> if we have to pay him any kind of monetary value, no. Oh, yeah, well, he left. Uh, he left the the storm thinking that he was worth, you know, a Half massive a pay cut, and Fuck now he knows that, uh, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds. I guess. Yeah, he, I mean, he played a little bit better the other week at prop, but still, he's, he's yeah, he's nowhere near the money the coin that he's on. Mm. It just shows you that the the guys around you, um, in some or well, in most cases, have a massive effect on uh, you know your performance and, and how you're perceived by. Um, other teams and other coaches. Well, here was the one Wingen saying that going to Tim Shane's and the Tigers would break and open his game because he didn't like the structure he played in, yet the structure was what made him be able to, you know, have that link pass in his game and uh, hit the line and and be selective. Since he's been at the Tigers, he's had no structure at all and no support and he's looked like an absolute Darrow. So he's uh, learned his lesson, that's for sure. Now, another person, mate, that's struggling with form is Jamie Soward. Now, we heard today that Steve Price has given him a couple of days off to clear his head. Now, I understand his manager is saying that Jamie won't leave the Dragons, but, geez, I mean, if, if Jamie was at any other club, he'd be dropped. But, I mean, I'm getting plenty of emails from Cranky Dragons fans saying, put drink water in there, but, I don't know, I've seen a few games from drink water, and he's not exactly seen a world on fire either. No, I... I had well, a conversation. Yeah, I had a conversation with some uh, Dragons fans on like both the gossip page and, and our page, and I mean the common thread for me is he's lost Hornby, who uh, you know was the linchpin of that side, did all the organising, allowed Sauer just to play his natural game, run the ball, um, play off the cuff. Now obviously the responsibility with Nathan Fiend at seven is now falling back onto Jamie Sauer, and he's just not handling it. He's not that sort of player, so. I even said to a couple of them, I know they're, uh, Wayne Bennett's like God to Dragons fans, but Wayne Bennett sort of created this problem. Now, it's probably a little bit on Steve Price for not foreseeing that this was going to be a problem with fixing it, but, um, you know, that, I, I don't blame all this on Jamie Sowd. I don't think he helps himself. Like, the other night he ran over the sideline on play one and uh, missed the kick at the end of the game that he probably shouldn't have uh, should have slotted, but... Um, it's a difficult situation, especially when he knows he's moving on next year as well. So, yeah, it's just going to be loss-loss, I think, for Dragons fans and Jamie. Yeah, he's not getting much service from his seven or his nine. Mitch Rain's been a little bit injured as well, but he's been out of form as well. So, mm. yeah, the players are anyway playing good. None of, no one on that side's really playing that great, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, and, and Josh Dugan's not the... Uh, not the type of fullback that, that Boyd is. Like, Boyd can throw that uh, cut-out pass and ball play a little bit, whereas Dugan's very, uh, you know, running-orientated, so it's probably not helping him much. I did hear Nightingale uh, interviewed today by the press, and 
he looked almost cranky that they were asking him the question and he, he sort of said, oh, you know, I don't know what's happening with, with Jamie. We're, we're all us players are in the dark about it. We don't know what's going on. Mm. Which seems pretty poor communication from, from the club. Yeah, really. He doesn't even know what's happening to the number six. He, yeah. did, he just didn't turn up for training, you know? Yeah, strange one. We, we sort of had this discussion with a couple of Dragons fans early in the year, and I, I blame the situation that they were in on the um, hierarchy of the club, and I'll probably still stand by that. Uh, some of the, the stuff that's happening that should be managed better, um, and this is a, a perfect uh, situation, perfect scenario to sort of push that case forward, I think. Yeah, look, look if, he, if he goes to Penrith early, where are they going to put him? I mean, you got... Um, Isaac, John and uh, Luke Walsh playing out of their skin they've won three from their last four and, and two of those games the halves got man of the match so yeah. he, yeah. I don't think he'd get a start of the Panthers either Luke Walsh should be playing reserve grade champ I'll give yeah. you two. well this is what I said uh, today when somebody asked me the question and it's pretty straightforward regardless of whether Penrith uh, you know, finals bound this year or not if you could get Jamie Sauer delivered to your front doorstep pretty much free of charge at the moment because the Dragons just want to offload him it's a win-win. Walsh is leaving, so you flick Walsh, you stick him with John, you see if that's going to work going forward, you try and tie up the Isaac John side of things. And if you're the Dragons, you've just signed Drinkwater for two years, you have to stick him in a grade. Uh, Fiend's going to be moving on. Young Quinlan was originally a 5'8". They've got another bloke, Todd Ryan, I think his name is, is a young 5'8", who dominated the 20s. They just need to start looking at other options before Widdock turns up and try and find some backup. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. Um, another one under pressure guy is Neil Henry, the Cowboys coach. Now, uh, apparently he's only got two more rounds to prove his worth and it doesn't get any easier for the Cowboys. They've got the Bulldogs up next start. Um, but look, I'm hearing Brad Arthur. Uh, he may get the gig up there by the end of the year. Are you serious? Uh, all I can say is I feel sorry for Neil Henry because he's playing group that he has there. Uh, doing him absolutely no favours. Even when he had Thurston and those two front rowers in there, uh, Bowen, Tate, all these blokes. And, and you, you flash back to last year, Barber wins the Daly M, but second and third on the voting list, Matt Bowen with 26, Jonathan Thurston, 25 points. Uh, you know, th- this year, completely far, far away from that kind of form. Yeah, when, you're, uh, when your key players are going like busters, key position players, you, you know, you're down the bottom of the table. That's just how it is. I mean, the Dragons, we just finished speaking about the Dragons. Again, key position guys going like busters, they're down the bottom. So uh, I, I really don't understand why they'd flick Neil Henry. It basically gives the players an out for the rest of the season. Um, I don't know, real strange one. I wouldn't be punting him at all. I'd be sticking by him. Yeah, he's got the support of Jonathan Thurston, which is which is uh, you know, a good person to have in your corner. So Thurston, Thurston's had with Henry to stay, but yeah, my word is that Brad Arthur's very keen to go there. He's from Townsville originally. I think his wife might be from up there as well. So, yeah, Brett Arthur would be, uh, you know, a, a good coach. I think he'd do well up there. Also, Trent Barrett's been named as well. So, I know Trent Barrett, the Panthers will let him go if he gets the first grade gig, so. Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise that me. That doesn't surprise me. But, uh, you know, tried and tested, I'd stick with Henry. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go with that one, boys. Mm. The last one I got, guys, I guess is the biggest one on everyone's lips, and that's Israel Folau. Um, some are saying that the, the deal's already done. Speaking to a lot of the guys at the Bulldogs, they reckon it's a done deal. 750k a year for Folau. I don't know how the, the Bulldogs will fit this in the cap. 
it looks as though if, if it, this is the case, and Josh Morris will head back to the Dragons. Well, if you think if they're going to squeeze him in as well, I happened to look the other day at their contracts on zero tackle. Tim Lafoy was another one I was looking at, thinking about people that may need a centre. He's definitely not going to get re-signed either if they're bringing Falau back. He's a good player too. Well, that's Give what me I mean. Like, if you're going to get him, there's no way they're going to be able to keep Morris and Lafoy. There's no way. No, no he'd be a good pick-up for anyone. Lafoy, he's still a young, great player. In fact, I want some money on him on the weekend for first try scorer. Oh, so thank you very much, Timmy. Thank yep. you. He's done a great job, White Inu, who's been out scorpioning people and throwing them on their heads. So just uh, giving him more time to show his wares and hopefully pick up a contract elsewhere. I'd be super happy for him to come back, even though I had a bit of dirt on him for leaving Melbourne after two years to take the money at the Broncos. He's kind of proven that track record, hopping over to AFL. Now a union cleaning up every paycheck he can possibly find, but at the same time, uh, in rugby league, I, I think he's a great player. I'd love to have him back. Yeah, I think oh. for, for the similar to the Sonny Bill thing, uh, it's better that we get all these guys playing our game, not someone else's. Um, the NRL should be ashamed that he's not playing rugby league now. To be honest, they should. Yeah, have just... well, he, he was an ant penis away from signing with the Eels. Yeah, and and for the NRL and for Western Sydney's sake, he would have been. Uh, a huge marketing yeah, tool for, for Parramatta, you know, and they could have used that against GWS. It could have been a, a whole lot of stuff that isn't going to, or not going to eventuate. Hopefully, he does go to the Dogs because that's still, uh, you know, well, Southwest Sydney. So uh, we need, yeah, we need him back. That's for sure. Um, the sooner the better. Yeah. But and for the Bulldogs, ahead. for the Bulldogs, I mean, yeah, that sort of money for for him and and the guys you're losing. That's. That's a uh, decision for them to make. I don't know whether if I'm the dogs that I'd move Morris and Lafay on to get Falau, but, I mean, it's pretty obvious what they're going to do, so they're not going to listen to me. Uh, what, what were your thoughts, boys? And we know Wallace um, is being targeted by the Panthers, and for Griffin tonight to put him at hooker, I know he's really happy with that. Well, what did you think of that move? Well, I think, Do we have to answer? I think everybody knows my feeling. <laughs> I'm not happy at all with McCulloch, the emerging Maroons hooker. Uh, to me, probably not too far off. You know, They've got Matt Ballon, but as far as I'm concerned, next in line, especially on age and time and origin, has to be Andrew McCulloch for that jersey. So how Anthony Griffin decides that he's a back rower and that Hunt and Wallace are both going to play nine tonight in front of him is just absolutely beyond me. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've got, I've got an email first thing this morning from a guy saying that while I was extremely unhappy we'll play a hooker tonight and I didn't believe it in fact I didn't believe it that much I didn't even post it on gossip so I think I texted to you boys before the game kicked off yeah. and then when they did say he's playing hooker I thought holy dooly mm. it just makes absolutely no sense absolutely no sense we we sort of uh, obviously we just reviewed the game and um Especially around origin time, when you've got all these key guys out, you've got a lot of young kids in, you need your key positions to be stable and to move your nine, which is probably the most important position on the field, out and bring in a guy who's never played a game in first grade at nine, it's just unfathomable. It's ridiculous. Yeah, very ordinary. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to hear the press conference and, and hear how he justifies it because... Um, he'd do well to convince me. Yeah, uh, I bet you they'll throw the, everything at Wayne Bennett. They'll get Bennett back there, I reckon. Yeah, what, next year? Well, the rumours have been around for a while now. Since sort of February, I've been getting a little bit. So it would not surprise me, fellas. 
It would not surprise me. Finish with one last hurrah at the Bronx, you reckon? Absolutely. Mm. I'll tell you what, he, he might only be thinking about it because Tinky's bank account's drying up. That's, well, that's right, and then I had to go on my buses as well. Mm. Yeah, I was I was kind of calling for Wayne Bennett's blood to be honest last year after that a bad year, but I'm starting to see uh, the cracks appear there. Whether you can blame that in the staff or the coaching style, I know he's taken it from Brisbane to the Dragons, but it seems like he's pretty much just tried to take the nucleus of the Dragons to the Knights and it's backfired on him. Mm. Yeah, both yeah, Scott, he's, Jeremy he's, yeah. Smith, they're all injury prone, suspension prone. Neville Costigan, all these guys, they're all there. Darius Boyd, like that, that, that was the nucleus that doesn't seem to be doing the job. Yeah, it's an aging roster, too. Yeah, exactly. All right, Origin, my friend, what are your, uh, what are your predictions? Uh, look, it's look, they've, they've got the better back line, we've got the better forward pack, so <sighs> look, I guess it comes down to conditions as well. If it's, if it's pissing down with rain, then you're going to have to go with the defensive sort of team, which would be Queensland, but. Nah, look, it's it's a, it's a tough one. Ten and better have both got them at a dollar ninety one each, mm. and that's pretty much what it is for me. I, I hate to sit on the fence, but look, for, for me, it's it's almost a new era. It's, it all starts over again. You know, there's no seven deceiver, there's no had it. Obviously, Lockie has been gone for two years, but they missed him. It's it's sort of it, it feels fresh to me, like it's all starting again. So, um, yeah, I think the the bookies have got it right. Dollar ninety each, and um, it's anyone's game, boys. I think New South Wales will win and will not look like losing this game. I'll throw that out there. Maybe that's yeah, just I'll... game one hope, but uh, I think it's time. Um, I haven't been I haven't been that bloke saying that for the last three or four years. I've gone into most Origin series thinking that Queensland are going to win. Uh, I was very surprised that we got so close last year. I think we're going to improve this year. I think Queensland have haven't got worse. Like they've got, got an excellent side, but I, I don't think they're as strong as they were last year. I also don't think their key players are in as good a form as what they were coming into Origin last year. So uh, taking all of that um, on board. And I think they've got a horrendous, horrendous record at ANZ Stadium. I don't think that counts. Yeah. That hasn't been um, punched out in the media enough. Uh, I'm really keen to back the Blues. Dollar ninety one. get on. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I, look, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say whoever wins the first game wins the series. Because if Queensland win the first game, they will win in Brisbane. I'll go and out on they, a, I'll go out on a limb, and I, I, I haven't said this on the podcast yet, that whoever wins game one will win the series three 0 Wow, I like that one. There you go. Jeez. I just think if the Blues win, Blues win game one in Sydney, they've got nothing to lose going to Queensland. Um, and they'll just throw everything at the, at the Queenslanders. They'd love nothing more than to roll the Queenslanders after seven in a row up there and then come back here, beat them again, and celebrate in Sydney. Um, on the other hand, I think if we get beat game one, we'll be deflated. They'll go up there, wrap the series up, and we'll have nothing to play for game three. So I, I just think it's going to be 3 0 either way. That's, that's just my gut feeling. Goosebumps. Yeah, well, for me, it's pretty straightforward. Win game one, much like you've just said, win the series. I think. They had numbers on Sterling the other night. I think it was something like 23 times the team that's won the first game has won the series. Only six times, I think, had been overturned by somebody who'd lost the first game. And there was a couple of draws, obviously, back in the day. But uh, I'm, I'm on the, the, the same side of it. I think for once, we've finally got uh, the dominant forward pack. We've got the big boppers. They've lost their Stephen Prices, their Petro Seven Receivers. Hennett's injured. They don't have that massive rotation. 
I think it's time for us to put the beat down on them and it's time for <laughs> Mitchell yeah. Pearce to finally step up and take control because he has absolutely no excuse for that forward pack now. And uh, if he doesn't get the job done, he never plays Origin again in my eyes. He gets the flick after this year. He's had four or five series now almost. He's, I think he's up to 11 games. If he can't get the job done this year with his forward pack, well, I pen through Adam Reynolds next I reckon year. if he loses this game, I'd pun him. Yeah. I'd bring Adam... I know everyone's going, oh, don't bring Adam Reynolds in to go to Queensland. Who cares? Just say to the yeah. kid, pick the best player, pick the guy that's in form. I think that is Adam Reynolds. So I think it's all or nothing here for Pierce. if I'm Laurie Daly, but Daly... Um, he'll seems like he's just going to yeah pick, pick him for three games. He'll stick by him. Ridiculous. This series, pretty much for me, is his. Yeah, it is you know, it, obviously. This but. is his line light. He, he's had a couple of series in a row. Everyone's stuck with him. Uh, I can't blame him for the losses, but I think this time they've got the team as close to as right as possible. We have the dominance as far as the forwards are concerned. We've got a great bench. If he can't get the job done, this yeah. is penned through. He, I agree, but done. what I'm sort of saying is, like, we lose game one, we've got to push all our chips in the middle, and I'm pushing. Pushing them all in, baby. I'm going all in. I'm uh, shaking up the side and going up there with um, some fresh faces that we're going to carry into next next year. Yeah, I'd love to see Reynolds have a, have a go. I know it sounds like a cliche, boys, and everyone says that you know Origins are grind and you got to build pressure. And to build pressure, obviously, you know you've got your repeat sets and whatnot. I don't think there's a better half at the moment exactly. that can get those repeat sets. Exactly. I yeah. totally agree, and I think he's stood up in defence. He defends well. I can't see any reason why he can't play State of Origin. Yeah, well, Mitchell Pearce gave us a little taste of his kicking game against Melbourne again, giving Billy Slater every kick down the throat. So mm. hopefully that's not going to be a preview of Wednesday night and he finds the grass. Because last year we had them in the chokehold game too, and a lot of people say, I can't believe the score wasn't bigger. I'll tell you why. Go back and watch the game. We trapped them in their own 30 four or five times. Cooper Cronk and Cameron Smith just found grass. Yeah. One of them was a dropout off a 60-meter kick from Cameron Smith. Mitchell Pierce was getting in the 30, getting opportunities to put attacking kicks up and was just poking it dead set AFL style, marking it to Billy Slater. Yeah, from from a coaching perspective, if I'm coaching New South Wales, uh, the last couple of years we've played two back on play five, so we, we have two guys back to receive kicks. I'd be playing with three back, and I'd be saying to Queensland, if you want to if you want to try and run the pill on last tackle, be our guest, especially in Sydney where... Um, if you're running an overs line from 10 metres to the sideline, you're probably going to go over if you're tackled. Um, I'd just be playing with that mentality to sort of try and negate that kicking game of Queensland. I think it's uh, it doesn't get enough credit for how big of an influence it, it has on, on the series, and it probably won Queensland the series last year. Yeah, our best performance over the past probably three or four years was that second game in 2011. And mm. I'll give Sauer a wrap here. That's when Sauer had his fantastic kicking game, and he just kicked Queensland out of the game, and we won. Yeah, field position. Um, you know, it's going to come down to that kicking game again. Like last year, Queensland kept getting those repeat sets and winning the game. We couldn't do it. I think we got one repeat set. Mm. I think we'll make more meters than them. Um, and again, put the coaching hat on. If we get, if we're kicking the ball on on halfway, uh, and, you, and you're going to kick it down Billy Slater's throat, and he's going to run it out to the twenty or the thirty anyway, I'd be inclined to put a mid, midfield bomber and just say, right, if you're going to catch the ball in the twenty twenty five anyway, um, at least put him under some pressure and whack him um, rather than kick it down to him and have him run at you um, and get, and get them off to a fast set because plays one and two uh, especially are so important in the, in the modern game in terms of getting you set off uh, to a rolling start. And that's where English just killed us game three last year. 
Uh, I think if if we can gang tackle um, Billy or we can kick the ball out, uh, that's probably the best tactic. So I think Pierce, I don't think Pierce finds it difficult to uh, to kick when we're you know 20 meters out. I think he finds it hard to kick when we're sort of in that that area of the field where um, it's harder to find grass. There's less grass, so I'd be putting a midfield bomb up and just whacking the shit out of Billy Slater to be honest. I'm extremely excited to see Fafita. I think he's going to be the X Factor for New South Wales. And I'd love to see him, instead of receiving the ball on play one and two, I'd like to see him receive it sort of, you know, three or four later in the set. That's what I think is his most damaging. So I I hope they don't just use Fafita as a meter gainer. I want to see him hitting that line hard and using the attacking player that he's got. Yeah, they'd they'd be smart to not only run him tight, but also if they get some quick play, the ball's kind of play him. Uh, too wide of the ruck and get him out on some smaller men like the halves and isolate them, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, but wrapping things up, uh, I want your score, who wins and by what margin. Uh, first try scorer and a man of the match. All right, you want me to go first? Yeah, you can, you can kick us off, buddy. All right, mate. I'll go New South Wales 24, Queensland 16. I'll go man of the match. I'll go... Um, Fafita, there's a bit of a bolter. Wow. Um, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, what else was there? First try scorer. Ah, uh, first try scorer. Um, I'll go Greg English. Fair enough, Brock. Uh, I'm going to go Blues 18, Queensland 14. I don't think Jonathan Thurston's been kicking real well. Uh, man of the match, Robbie Farrar. First try scorer, Jared Hayne. I wasn't really set to make a, an actual score. I was going to say New South Wales by eight. But if you want to score, I'm going to say 2012. Uh, as far as the first try score, I'm no, going to... 20, it's 2013. 2012, mate. <laughs> right. I'm going to go Hoffman, first try scorer, if it's New South Wales. Inglis, first try scorer, if it's going to be Queensland. And man of the match, I'm just going to go on Gallon. The bloke hasn't played in a month. He's an absolute nutcase, and I reckon he'll have about 7,000 hit-ups, have a cardiac arrest, and they'll send his VB <laughs> paycheck to the hospital when they've got the paddles out. George Clooney and him. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> mm. All right, mate. Well, what we'll do, uh, we'll hit you up post-Origin and we'll do our tips for the weekend later on in the week. But uh, until then, yeah. we'll have a chat to you later on. We can celebrate or commiserate, my mm. friend. Yeah, lucky bastard. You guys are going to the game too, yeah? Yeah, ANZ Stadium, members, halfway, schooners, loving life. Fantastic. All right, boys. Well, I'll talk to you later in the week. Fingers crossed. Go the Blues. No, no worries, worries, mate. Have a good one. See you, buddy. A big thanks as always to Mr. Gossip. You can catch him on Facebook by heading up to the search bar and typing in NRL Gossip. And he's also on Twitter at NRL Gossip. But uh, now I'll move on to the wrap-up. If you want to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, get onto Centibet and fire up. Download the Centibet app and get into the centre of the action. Or get onto www.centibet.com and register now or call 1-800-013-627 for all your inquiries. Centibet, fire up. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of our pre-Origin podcast. Uh, the Origin, it's finally here. Thank God. It's something that we all get really excited for when it's about six weeks away. The teams have been picked. It's time to dance. So ANZ Stadium, the Blues, hopefully... We'll finally win a series and get all us blue baggers back on track. But we always have to remember that the Queenslanders have Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston, Cooper Cronk, Greg Inglis and the likes in their team. So they're going to be a threat regardless. And, and what a great series it's going to be. Uh, 
This one, obviously, is going to be up on Podomatic and iTunes early, but just before kickoff. And then we're going to have another one coming out on Thursday, post-Origin, which will also get Mr. Gossett back on and do our tips and get any more news before the weekend's games. But for now, if you want to contact us, get us on the email, fifthandlastpodcast at hotmail.com. Uh, if you want to get us on Facebook, obviously head up to the search bar, type in fifth and last, and you'll find us straight away. And on Twitter, it's at fifth and last. It's not the word and, it's the letter N. So that wraps us up for now. Get on iTunes, get on the Podomatic, get onto this one, and then we'll post up the post-origin podcast after the game has been played and hopefully we're talking about a Blues win and that one will be up on Thursday make sure, final chance to get onto the question, pick the score 1 to 12 or 13 plus for New South Wales and Queensland and give yourself a chance to win that retro New South Wales signed jersey by Mark Guy the Wild Panther, but for now guys enjoy Origin Bring it on. give us more, give us more where are you going, where, what, 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 what's going on here, is that it? Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.